The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Oh Lord, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. Oh Father, we thank you. And Lord, our hearts and our minds are open in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we go into the Word of God, we thank you for opening our eyes to see and our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Praise God. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. How was your week? I hope you had a wonderful week. I said, I hope you had a wonderful week. All right, praise God. Ah, all right, now today we are going to be talking about the subject of, you know, marriage and how God intended, um, intended it to be. You know, the truth is, many times when we talk about marriage, a lot of people are actually having a very turbulent time in marriage. And you have a lot of folks who have gotten married and no longer married. And you have who are in marriage, but they are not happily married. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that there's a difference between being married and happily married? How many of you know that? You know that. Okay. Now we're going to be looking at it from the scripture. Did God intend for marriage? What was God's idea, all right, for marriage? You know, um, because when the purpose of a thing is not known, the abuse of it is inevitable, all right? So if we do not know what marriage is or why it was established, then most likely we are going to make a mess of it. So you know, today is Valentine's Day. Do you know that many people don't even know what Valentine's Day is about? The history of Valentine's Day. So everybody's just celebrating it. I think it's about, you know, um, sexual love, whereas it's actually not about that. Now let us look at God's plan and intention as it regards marriage. Turn your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Praise the Lord. All right, very soon we are going to be making plans for the children so that the children, when they come to church, they will have their own church. Praise the Lord. All right, so they don't have to be with us. Um, we'll, most likely from next week, we should be able to sort that out. Genesis chapter number 2 and verse 22. Are you there? If you are there, let us read. What does it say? It says, Okay, let's start from verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the earth and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an elf meat for him. 21. He says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. Um, can I have that? All right, he said, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Can we read verse 22? Everybody read one to go. He says what? Made he what? And brought her unto... Now, notice something. That bringing the woman out of the man was God's idea. God was the one that saw that Adam was um, Adam needed a helpmate. Now, as we're going to see later on, we're going to see that marriage is actually a natural or physical representation of the relationship between Christ and his church. So marriage actually cannot work properly if we do not understand how the relationship between Christ and the church is supposed to work. So follow me in this sermon this morning because this message will change your life and it will change your perspective. He said, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh inside thereof and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her 
unto the man. Verse 23. Everybody can read one to go. It says what? And Adam said, this is now what? Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called what? Woman, because she was taken out of what? Man. Now, 24. Can we all read loudly? It says, therefore shall a man leave what? His father and his what? And shall cleave unto what? And they shall be what? Can you see that? Now, this was what Adam said about Eve and the relationship he was going to have with Eve. Now, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. So when he says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. One flesh, not two, one flesh. So that means in marriage, your individuality, so to speak, is dissolved in favor for a collective union. So he says they shall be one flesh. So you cannot have I or selfishness or egos in one flesh. They shall be one flesh. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now, Ephesians chapter 5. Why am I reading Ephesians chapter 5? Because it's connected to what we just read in Genesis chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 24. Hallelujah. What does he say? He says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. He now says, husband, love your wives. Uh-huh. Even as Christ did what? Also loved the church and gave himself what? For it. Now, are you noticing that the, the, the standard for men to love their wives is as Christ loved the church? Are you seeing that? So that means, all right, if a man says, I love you, that I love you must be contextualized in that it must be I love you, all right, as Christ loved the church. So if we look at the scriptures properly, it means that except a man understand the love of God for the church, all right, the love of God for the world and the love of God in itself, all right, that man cannot actually love another human being properly. Hallelujah. Now look at it. It says, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So that means the kind of love being spoken about here is sacrificial love. A love that sacrifices. You know, many a times, many you know, men will come and say, I am the head of this home. I, mean, I don't know why you grew up in homes where the father was, I'm the head. And they'll be talking to their wives. I'll be telling their wife, you will listen to anything I tell you to do because I'm the head of this home. This is my house. Hallelujah. Oh boy. A lot of wickedness has been perpetrated in families because, uh, in, in families based on a misunderstanding of the scriptures. A misunderstanding of the scriptures. Men have thought that God, the headship God placed them in, in the home, was a, um, the leadership was to be a boss, to be a tyrant. In the Bible and in the love of God, being head does not mean you are the boss. Being head does not mean you are a tyrant. Being head means that you are the most responsible person in that place and you are the one to sacrifice the most. How do I know? Look at Jesus. He's the head of the church. He sacrificed the most. He gave his life for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. He said, husband, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it. He gave himself for it. 
He sacrificed himself for it. So the kind of love you are supposed to show to your spouse is the kind of love that sacrifices. You are dating somebody and you are saying, hey, I'm applying. We're going to talk about dating a bit. I'm applying to be your husband. Then you must begin to demonstrate the kind of God kind of love that Jesus showed to us. Sacrificial love. Praise God. Praise God. He says, uh, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of what? Of water. By what? By the word. Oh, hallelujah. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without what? Blemish. 28. Everybody says what? So ought men to, alright, to love their wives as their own. Oh my God. The man is to love his wife as his own body. How many of you have ever slapped yourself before? Let me see your hand. Come now. Wait now. Alright, for those who don't know that. You just woke up and you slapped yourself. He said, you are to love your wife as your own bodies. Oh, oh my God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes many women are not rebellious. Many women are not difficult. Sometimes the difficulty a woman exhibits is a symptom. Hallelujah. Is most, most times a symptom of not being loved right. There is something in every woman that craves to be loved and taken care of just as Christ takes care of the church. Without that arena, without that environment of love, the woman can blossom. She can blossom in that role as a wife. So why in the church a lot of noise is made about submission? There is a lot of noise is made about women submit, 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 submit. We don't make a lot of noise about men loving their wives like Christ loved the church. But submission is the response to love. Let's look at it. Amen. May God give us more men that are like Jesus. Can I say again that amen? I said, may God give us more men that are like Jesus. He said that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is what Jesus did for his church. He gave himself so that he can cleanse the church. Hallelujah. All right. He gave himself so that he can what? He can purify the church. He gave himself, sacrificed himself so that he can perfect the church. So ought men love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth who? himself he that loveth his wife loveth who himself because remember we read in genesis that the two have become what one flesh so what you do to one you have done to the other hallelujah now let me talk to you a bit about that word love when he talks about so ought men to love their wives so ought men to love their wives now i have realized many times that when we say love we don't mean the same thing when I say I love you, another person I love, so I love you, then when the world is talking about I love you, when you watch all those romantic movies, all right? I mean, if you watch a lot of romantic movies and all of them is just smoke, because what they talk about is not really the love 
Paul is talking about here or what the Bible is talking about here. All right. The expression love that we find used here, so men ought to love their wives, when he talks about Christ loving the church, all right, that expression love is the word um, agape. And what agape means is a sacrificial love. It is unconditional love. Everybody say unconditional love. That word is unconditional love. And you know, you have to learn how to practice unconditional love now. If you are single, practice it. Because we have grown up in an environment and in a society that always prioritizes love by exchange. Glory to God. What I call it? Love by what? Exchange. I do for you, you do for me. Election period comes. What do we say? What will you give me? In exchange for my votes. Are you following? Alright, a guy is going out with a lady and the lady is like, he doesn't have money, he doesn't have car. So the lady's love is predicated on what the guy has. Then the guy's love is predicated on whether he can get sex, so it's transactional. When we're talking about the God kind of love, we are not talking about transactional love. Praise God! It's not transactional. It's not give me, then I will give you. It's unconditional. It's not a love that is dependent on good behavior. Because the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ what? Died for us. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 8. You need to let, get to the point and learn it. How you can love people even when they don't deserve to be loved. How you can love people when they have not been in their best behavior. If you don't learn it before marriage, you can't practice it in marriage. Romans 5 verse 8. What does he say? He says what? But God commended his love towards what? Us. In that while we were yet what? Sinners. Christ did what? So God showed how much he loved us that in that why we were still not good people why we were still sinners jesus died listen jesus didn't die for us when we were good he died for us when we were his enemies when we were rebellious when we were sinners that is unconditional love hallelujah 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 let me tell you a story. There's a story of this, of this man. He, he saw a young guy, you know, off the street. The guy was always getting into different kinds of trouble. All right. Then as time went on, he looked at him and he adopted the guy. Took him off the streets. Brought him into his home. All right. Then after some time, the guy had a shop where he was working. And in that shop, all right, he used to keep, you know, his money and stuff, petty cash in the shop. Now, that guy that got off the street used to steal so he, he, he hired him to, you know, as an attendant in the shop. So as time was going on, the guy was walking in the shop. Then things would get missing in the shop. So, you know, that guy was stealing. The man knew he was the one that stole it. So when he asked him, where's the money? He said, oh, no, I don't know where it is. Oh, I didn't touch it. Oh, then you now begin to go and, you know, manipulate. Oh, it's because I was an orphan and you picked me up the street. That's why, you know, I'm even know some folks like that. Whenever they do something wrong and you accuse them of it, they will now begin to whine and begin to talk about certain things. Oh, it's because I don't have mother and father. Oh, it's because I'm poor. That's why you're treating me like this. It is because I don't have, you know, things like that, even when they're guilty. So he went that. So the, 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 the guy now said, okay, 
All right. So what he was going to do is now said, all right. He now put the guy in charge of collecting the money and what? Keeping the money. You understand? So you know now he couldn't steal it because now he was the treasurer. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. And he continued like that. Give, when the guy messed up, he would give him a chance after chance after chance and that chance after chance. That young man grew up to be a very, very responsible person. What changed him? Love. What kind of love? Unconditional what? Love. Love that continues loving even when people are not in their best behavior. Look at your neighbor and say, I will love you. Uh-uh. Come on, talk. I will love you even when you are not in your best behavior. Say it again. I will love you even when you are not in your best behavior. He said, God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet seen as Christ died for us. This is the love God showed to us. This is the love Christ shows to the church. This is the love a husband must show to his wife. Amen. Don't have that attitude that, okay, honey, eh, you spoke to me like that, and then you, now, you have a black book where you are recording sins. But she man she man, ah, but she she need two thousand and eight. Lord, you're in March. In but here, Lord, see, you know, there's some people that always keep records. Glory to God, always keep records. Do you know that a lack of walking in love, walking in unconditional love, Hallelujah, has put many marriages, you know, into divorce. We put many marriages into divorce. Has trained many marriages. Where one party is always bickering and gumbling and mentioning and bringing a remembrance of sins. Oh, you did this one. Oh, you did that one. I remember when. I remember when. Ah, you will kill that relationship that way. Because condemnation and accusation does not build. It tears down. Criticism does not build. Hallelujah. It tears down. What builds is what? Love. And when you, you know, there's a difference between criticism and correction. Correction is done in love. Criticism is done in the flesh. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Very, very important. You cannot walk in love in marriage if you have not walked in love before it. Amen? Now, there are different kinds of love. There is unconditional love. This is a God kind of love. John 3, 16. He says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? perish, but have what? eternal life. That love there, that John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world, is unconditional love. Praise God. Unconditional love. For God so loved the world, unconditional love, that he gave his only begotten Son. Praise God. Amen. That's the kind of love. Hallelujah. When while we were at our worst, Christ died for us, out of love for us. So also, we must be ready, all right, in our marital relationship and in our relationship with people to love them when they are at their worst. It is easy to love someone when they are at their best. What is hard is loving them when they are at their what? At their worst. Praise God. You know one thing I can tell you, you see, in marriage, by God's grace of God, um, by December, I think I'll be married five years, I know. I didn't marry early, I married a bit late, hallelujah, but I'm happy with the time I married, praise the Lord. I'm married five years. I can tell you that if there's anything that holds a marriage together, it's unconditional love. 
that's what holds the marriage together. It's not performance. It's not the gift. It's not. It's not. It's not saying the right words. It's unconditional love. Because the truth about it in a marriage, you're gonna see imperfections. You're gonna see, you know, imperfections. All right, on both sides, you're gonna see where you fall short. All right, the other person is gonna see where you fall short. You're gonna see where they fall short. So what we keep that marriage going is unconditional love for you to have that mindset that I love you and I am totally committed to you. Listen. The love of God does not go to divorce courts. Hallelujah. The love of God does not go to kind. If two people in a marriage walk in love, they will never end up in divorce. Hallelujah. There was a man of God, E.W. Kenyon, you know, very popular man of God in the world of his cycle. This man of God got married, you know. And you know, most times when you have a preacher married, any of you always want to, you look at the preacher's marriage as the standard, right? But well, this guy got divorced. His wife one day woke up and said, I'm not doing it again. Amen? He said, I'm not doing it again. I don't want to marry again. That she wanted to divorce. So she divorced him and she left. That preacher... E.W. Kenyon refused to remarry. He stayed. The woman left him and I think she married somebody else. And the guy said, love, God's love in us does not give up on someone else. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians that time we're seeing it. Now, you see, you know, one thing about the love of God is if you are walking in love, they will, people will look at you and say, you are a mumu, you are a fool. Listen to me. Until your love walk, Get to that point where people say you are a swag bear, you are a fool, you have not walking in love. I, did you hear what I said? Alright? Until your love work gets to that point. Until it gets to that point, you are not really walking in love. Think about it. Jesus died on the cross. Listen, the people that he was dying for were the ones that keep, you know, put him on the cross. The people, oh, listen, he was dying for their sins, yet they were contributing to his death. They slapped him, they spat on him, and he still stayed there. It looks stupid, but that's love. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. The man said, no. I, 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 married, I, I made a commitment to marry this woman. I made a commitment to stay with this woman. And even if she breaks that commitment, I won't break mine. And the guy stayed walking in love, walking in love, you know. Then to cut the long story short, before they died, very late, <laughs> you know, all right, in that man's life, himself and that woman came back together and they stayed married until he died and she died. You understand? And when they got married again, he called it, this is the victory of love over what? Hate. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking at love now because you see, you might have been expecting something that will make you laugh and all, but I can tell you something. I'm telling you, I want to teach you what works. What works? Love. Not the world kind of love. Who, you, know, you know, the world will tell you love is when somebody comes and puts petals on, on bed. Think about it. Think about it too. You are not married. Then your boyfriend, he says, I love you so much. Then he takes you to an hotel. Then in the hotel, they put pepper, red pepper on bed. Then they put it on, uh, on the floor. Then the staircase, they put pepper. I'm like wondering, all this hard work, why don't you just propose a Maria? Are you following what I'm saying? Why are you going through all this hard work? You understand? But you don't want commitment. It's pepper, you're just praying up and down with wine and chocolate. It is easier to propose. It's not easier to propose with drink, but you are praying, you understand, because what that guy is looking for is sex. 
And there's something women, I found out many women do not understand. And, you know, most women think they understand men. But you see, most women don't understand men's sexuality. When a man wants sex, he will do anything. He will say anything. He will say, you are the third heaven. He will say, you are the, you are the Kilimanjaro of my hope. He will look the sex he wants. Hallelujah. That's why some guys will buy a car because they know it impresses women. They will do all those things because it's sex he wants. If he, 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 it is, it is, it is the, the, the sexual wiring of men. Hallelujah. All right? The natural man. Now, the man in Christ needs to have control over his sexual urges. He needs to have control over his sexual, his sexual libido. Your sexual libido is not your God, all right? Your sexual libido is at your own service. And you have to only release it in the confines of marriage. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Very, very important. You need it in the conference of marriage. So, sister, you're not married. All those pet towels, they are spraying on bed. You see, you know when we want to kill chicken, we have to get it fat first. Hallelujah. So we have to make the chicken fat before we kill it. So they are very, you're saying, oh, don't oh, anything, no. The person wants, really wants you, he should marry you. Praise the Lord. He should what? He should marry you. Get a ring. He hasn't proposed. Eh, you are giving him the goodies now without the ring. Praise the Lord. I gave him good the ring, so why should he propose? What's the why? Ah, you are cooking for him, you are sleeping with him, you are washing the clothes, you are washing the underwear, you are, you know, you are doing wife duties without being a wife. Amen. <laughs> there, was a, there was a case I think I, 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 I got to hear of. The lady had been doing wifely duties. She lived in his house. She was cooking for him. You know, honey, what are we eating tonight? I would like to eat pounded yam. <laughs> and she'd go and cook the pounded yam. Honey, what are we eating after? I would like to eat. Bam, bam, bam. Said, oh, yeah, I'm going to the market. I'm in the market. What should I get? Oh, and then you got, you're not married, though. And you're living like married people. Continue like that, continue like that. High on his clothes, you know, wash his clothes. Mary was not coming there one time. All right, the lady was not talking about she wants to settle down and stuff like that. And the guy said, no, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm, not, in, I don't, I'm not a believer in marriage and stuff like that. All right. Then um, she said, I cook for you. I do it. She said, but I thought you liked doing it. So that's why I let you do it. In the end, the guy did not marry her, praise God. All right, both of them went their separate ways, amen. The lady married somebody else, the guy married somebody else. And you know, funny thing was, the guy, person the guy married didn't have to be a cleaner, a dishwasher, a cook before he married her, amen. Praise God, glory to God. So maybe the lady did like being a cleaner, a dishwasher, and a cook, you know, you can never tell. Maybe it was her hobby, hallelujah. But let me tell you something you need to be smart. There is the word of God says certain things for a reason. And you see, you are going to be able to know whether someone loves you by measuring it by what the word says. Does this person love me unconditionally? Or is his love for me or her love for me performance-based? Is it performance-based? So if I don't buy iPhone 11 this year, does the love go down? Praise God. If I don't take the person to do back, does, you understand? Because when you find out that it is performance-based, that is not the God kind of love. And you're going to find out if you go out, going into a marriage based on that, you're going to be having a whole lot of issues. Because marriage, if it's not standing on agape love, will not work. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? I said, do you hear what I said? Marriage, if it's not standing on God's love, unconditional love, will not work. Glory to God.
So the root of any marriage, the foundation of any marriage must be the God kind of love. God kind of love. And you know, just say, Pastor, are you now saying that if a person, if a, my husband is abusing me, maybe he's beating me up and all, I should stay there because of agape? No. No. The Bible did not, the Bible said, till they do you part. He said, I will love you to death to you. He didn't say, all right, I will love you to this marriage causes my death. You know, they are not the same thing. Hallelujah. Personally, I have a problem with a man who beats his wife. If a man, if a wife in our church reports me that her husband beat her, the first thing I'm going to do is because he committed a crime to the state, his battery, we'll lock him up first. Hallelujah. We take care of the woman. Then after some time, we'll now call him from the jail. Praise God. If he wants to leave the church after, we will give him money for Uber and get out. Do you understand? We don't patronize wife beaters in this church. Praise God. And since we started, I have not heard, because I have warned my people, I have not heard, heard, because I would train my sons very well. I have not heard that a man beat his wife. How? Because of what? Is she two years old? The face is not for beating, it's for romance. Hallelujah. You must, eh, how? No. I had a case when I was a medical doctor. <laughs> Did I say when I was? I'm still a medical doctor. But when I was practicing... <laughs> <laughs> when I was in clinical practice. So, this woman, she was my patient. They brought her to the, ho- the hospital. I saw her face. Her eyes were two times the normal size. Then the mouth was three times. So, her, her, her mouth was swollen. Her lip was cut. You know, basically, you know, she was disfigured. Then I was like, what happened? So, found out that the husband had beat her up. Then the husband now came. I mean, the husband came into the hospital and I understood why the woman's face was looking like that. How many of you know what I'm saying? The guy looked like a boxer. Glory to God. I said, the man looked like a boxer. I mean, the muscles were really strong. You know, you know, he's someone that even if he, <laughs> if he swung this way, he would knock me out. You understand? So sisters, I like six packs. Please ensure the spirit of Christ is inside the person that has this back soon. Because the spirit of Christ is not inside that guy. My, bo- my God. If you don't swing like, hey, praise the Lord. You will need suturing, you know, local anesthesia. And God help you, general anesthesia, you know. Praise the Lord. So does that not tell you that one of the first things you should look out for when you are looking out for a spouse is whether or not the spirit of God dwells in him? Whether the Spirit of God dwells in her. Amen. Because you see, why the man, one of the greatest abuses of men against women is physical abuse. All right. One of the greatest abuses of women against their men is that they will get pregnant for another man, then carry the child and give it to their husband. So the husband is going to raise a child that is not what? Their own. So character. Those things are very important in marriage. So you cannot say, I have feelings for someone and that's enough. No. Love is not feelings. Love is an understanding of the uh, unconditional posture, the unconditional nature of God's benevolence towards us. That is what love is. So it is not a feeling. All right, Feelings are just biological responses to you know how people look. You understand? Love is not that. If you build your life on, I have feelings for him, I have feelings for her, you are going to come crashing down. Feelings are not enough. Being there done that doesn't listen. But if, you're, if you, if you uh, uh, found the person you are going to be with, you will have feelings for the person. But feelings are not going to be the only thing that you have. Are you following what I'm saying? 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Very, very important. All right, so let us continue. So we talked about that there are different kinds of love. The love of Christ and love of God is the unconditional love. That is the foundation of marital relationship and the foundation of any relationship that you're going to have. All right, but there are different kinds of love. So agape love, that is the unconditional love. Then you have the love for friends, which is filial. The love for friends is transactional. How many of you know the love of friends is transactional? All right, why marital love, the relationship between you and your wife is till death do you part. Friendship is not till death do us part. You understand? Amen? Amen? How many of you have had friends you don't have anymore? Yeah, it's not a dead do you part. So you, you can say, um, we are friends now. I don't want to be friends with you again because of one, two, three things. Praise God. So you have filial love, friend, love for friends. Number three, you have erotic love, which is love between lovers. You understand? Erotic love is not unconditional love. Now, you, in marriage, there is erotic love. You understand? So many times you find that people misconstrue erotic love for real love. Erotic love is love, but it's not the love that binds and keeps people together. Sex is not what keeps people together forever. It's not. If sex kept people together, then that means that every man we marry, the prostitute is sleeping with. Sex, that's not what keeps people together. It is the love of God that keeps people together. That commitment that keeps people together. Then you have love for siblings, which is studies. Okay. Now, in John 13, 34, quickly. I'm going to round up soon. Look at John 13, 34. All right. Jesus talks about us, a new commandment have I given unto you, that ye what? Love one another as I have loved you. Remember? When we read in Ephesians chapter 4, we found out that the love a man is to have for his wife is in accordance with the love that Christ had for the church. So in John 13, 34, Jesus is saying, uh, Paul, we find that Paul is reiterating what Jesus said. He said, love one another as I have loved you. So the standard for love is as I have loved you, as Christ has loved us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As Christ has loved us. So man, men need to love their wives. And if you are wondering about the characteristics of love, look at 1 Corinthians 13 and from verse 1 to 8. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8. We see the description of the God kind of love. There are seven characteristics. I want to highlight, and I think you should write it down. Seven characteristics of the God kind of love. Seven. So instead of, for example, you are, this, you are here, maybe you are single, you don't have a Val, or you don't have any person that is valing you, you don't have a Romeo, or you don't have a Juliet. Listen to me. All right. One of the very important things you need to actually learn before there is someone to val and somebody to, you know, all of that, is to learn what love is. Practice working in love to people you are not emotionally involved with first. Practice that first with your friends, with the guy friends you have, the women friends you have. Practice it first. First Corinthians 13, 1 to 8, you can read it. But let me just give you seven qualities of love you will find there. Number one, love is not arrogant. What did I say? Again, say it again. Love is not what? It's not arrogant. Arrogant. Pride. I don't think there's anything that destroys relationship than pride. 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 So you hear a guy say, you hurt my pride, or you, he, he reacts in such a way that shows that his ego was hurt. Pride. Some of you lost great relationships because you were proud. Pride. You talk to the person anyhow because you were proud. 
you know, someone, people ask, is it okay for a younger woman to marry, a, an older woman to marry a younger man? Nothing is wrong with it. There's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, there's a man of God that just went on to be, to the, be with the Lord, Casey Price. His wife was two years older than him. He was 89. Why his wife is 91? So there's nothing wrong with it. But the challenge is, all right, with that woman not bring it up every single other day that she's two years older than him. Two years. You find some folks, any smart thing, am I your mate? Am I your mate? Am I your mate? I am old. I senior you. I senior you. <laughs> if not for condition. That somebody older than me didn't show up. Will I marry you? Pride. Glory to God. Pride. It says love is not arrogant. Love does not say I am better. Love is not arrogant. Praise God. Number two, love doesn't have an ego. Amen? You are married, you are a husband. Your wife needs help in the kitchen. You now begin to say things like, I can me. 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 My brother, if you are that important, hire a maid. Hallelujah. Maybe you hire a maid. Hire a butler. Hire everybody. Since you are very important and you are rich. But if you are not, you need to help your wife in the kitchen. Praise the Lord. She's a wife. She's not a slave. Glory to God. You know? Your baby was born. The baby poo-pooed. And you look at yourself as too big to change the, the diaper. Hallelujah. You know, many a times, while growing up, I, I believe that the African society did a lot of damage to men. I, I think so. Because you see, while growing up, you're going to find out that most people, most men were raised up to not see themselves doing anything domestic. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So you find out that, all right, when they are cooking in the kitchen, the mother will tell the young man, go outside. You understand? Go outside. Eniola, uh, come in here and assist me. The, the, the guy doesn't assist. So the guy is sitting down watching television at a young age while Eniola's sister is busy around helping mommy. So it builds up a mindset in that child's mind that... No matter what happens, even if they are dying in the kitchen, I don't belong there. I don't need to help. Hallelujah. So you now have men who are entitled. The guy is watching football. And the, mother, the wife is cooking. She has gone to the market. She has a job. Oh. She has gone to the market. She has fried. She has gone to the market. She fried stew. She has made okbono. She has made egusi. She has grounded the pepper. Now she is making amala. Sometimes the man will say, I want pounded yam. Not that pando yam. Oh. No, no, no. I want, you know, original yam. You will boil it. Then you will pound it like I like it. Then after this woman has gone to market and done all that work, the man will now come at nine o'clock oh yeah honey let's have sex the lady says she has a headache you now say what do you mean headache headache every time you are the one that want to kill her because you believe that you don't belong you can't help this thing be the kind of man that puts your ego aside and helps your wife praise god and if you're single and you're still with your parents i think you should practice it by helping your mother hallelujah 
help your mother once in a while. Go to the kitchen and assist her. Amen. Uh, can I help you go to the market? Help! Train yourself to be that kind of man that is not full of an ego. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Love doesn't have an ego. Love doesn't have an ego. Love doesn't have an ego. Look at it. Say, it, say this with me. Love doesn't have an ego. Yeah, doesn't have an ego. When I got married, even me, I struggle with this thing. Because my wife, ah, my wife will not let me do that now. My own wife. I knew, in fact, it was why I married her. She will not let, she cannot have a fool for her husband. My wife, ah. We can go back to our son. Although um, we had an arrangement before you know, got married. I said, honey, you will never have to go to the market. Till date, my wife does not go to the market. I don't let her. I said, babe, market is me. You cannot go and sweat in market, then not cook. So what I do is I will go to the market and shop. We might go to five years. My wife hasn't gone to the market. I go to the market. Then after I go to my, I bring everything in. Then she cooks. That's the deal. Praise God. And if she's too tired to cook, then I go and cook. My, we and I have never really had fight about um, there's no food. If she says, babe, I'm tired. I can't cook. Don't tie her hand. I was cooking before I got married. So I went to the kitchen and cook. Even if it's a disaster, it's my disaster. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, even if it's a disaster, it's my disaster. I will manage it. Praise God. I said, praise God. Yeah, it's my disaster. So after I finished cooking and she's complaining that uh, you didn't clean, I said, my dear, listen, when you do your own, it's neat. When I do my own, it's messed up. Choose this day the God that you serve. So let's just decide. You cannot eat your cake and have it. It's either you cook for me or I cook by myself. Then we will now deal with the rest. Praise God. <laughs> when we had our child, all right? She was changing the diaper. My mother-in-law was staying with her. Then my mother would come. Then, you know, they would help and all. Then after some time, we were alone. So when my son, you know, poo-pooed, I started changing diaper. Started having his bath. Now... On uh, weekdays, we wake, I wake him up, then I have his bath for him. So I have his bath for him, wife he goes to prepare his food. Yeah. No egos. Love doesn't have an ego. Don't use ego to kill your wife. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't use that. Amen. Walk with understanding. Now what's the second, ne next thing? I'm going to round up soon. Praise the Lord. Please let's take care of our phones. Love doesn't have an ego. Number three, love is not self-centered. Love is not self-centered. It thinks of the group first rather than the individual. One of the most difficult things a human being can do is not to put themselves first. Not to put themselves first. This is why it's the God kind of love. It thinks of the group first rather than the individual. That's why love, God's kind of love, will not commit adultery. Amen. God's kind of love will not have an affair because it is self-centeredness that will make a man have an affair or a woman have an affair. You are thinking of yourself. There is no other way. It is yourself you are thinking about. You are selfish. Ask the reason it will be you. I, 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 I. There is no I in love. Self-centeredness. 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 Hallelujah. Self-centeredness. Praise God. 
how will my wife think? How will my husband think if I do this? If you are dating someone, you've got to be loyal to the person. There are certain you know, decisions you take with that person in consideration. Because love is not self-centered. It's not self-centered. Glory to God. I said glory to God. It's not self-centered. Now look at the next thing. Number four, love is respectful and behaves properly. Love is not rude. Love is not rude and love is not improper. Love is not rude and love is not improper. Then number five, love doesn't give up on another person. Doesn't give up on another person. Number six, love doesn't get angry easily. Doesn't get angry easily. Any small thing you guys have fought, maybe in a relationship or in a marriage, or you are beginning to threaten that you will walk away. I don't have to take this. I can leave and things like that. No, love doesn't get angry easily. And number seven, love does not wish the other person evil. evil. Amen. Now, I, you know, you can say I spend so much on husband loves your wife. I have to define that love. And you know, the love, when it says husband love your wife, how many of you know that wives are to love their husbands? But you know, the funny thing is, if you look at the epistles, you will not really find an instruction, all right, that wives should love their husbands. Amen. Because the truth about it is that most wives do what? They love their husbands. The issue with women, when it comes to men that they are married to, is one thing. There are other things, but the main one the Bible recognizes is what? Inhibitionability to what? Submit. So that's why in talking to the men, he emphasizes love for wife. Because why is he saying love your wives? Because the wives will do many things to annoy the man. Hallelujah. The wife will do many things. The wife will say many things. You know, let me tell you something about those of you who are not married yet. The men. Let me tell you something. You need to understand something about women. When you marry a woman, the woman knows your weak spots. Are you following? Hmm. She knows your weak spots. She knows what to see. Eh? She knows it's like a knife. She knows where the wounds are. And when there is battle, she knows where to direct that knife. Amen? So if your weak spot is your family, she will go there. All of you in your family, oh, you people are not even successful. Oh, <laughs> no, How can all of you recon walk? No car, kill all day. You understand? She knows where to, you understand? And when the guy gets angry and all, she, can, she knows how to calm you down too. Sorry, I'm sorry, eh? You hear? Emma Binu, Baba, Kinikon, you know, you are the. She will calm you down. So she knows where the. So that's why it says, love your wife. Why? Because where there are a lot of errors, where there are a lot of transgressions, you need a lot of what? Love. Can you see that? Praise the Lord. So it says, love your wives. Don't be bitter against them. Don't be bitter because they will do things that make you bitter. <laughs> Don't be bitter. He said, love them. All right? But the issue with women with our men is submission. Look at Ephesians 4.22. Submission. Submission. To submit means to arrange yourself under another. 
Submission is not weakness. Submission is power under control. Hallelujah. The army is so powerful, yet it has to submit to the general to be effective. So you can be powerful and ineffective. Hallelujah. All right? Power without control is anarchy. Power without control is what? Anarchy. It will bring destruction. But power under control will lead to a lot of progress. Hallelujah. So the wife is instructed to submit to her own husband. Not submit to every other person's husband. Submit to your what? Your own husband. So women are more submissive to their pastors than they are to their husbands. You are supposed to submit to your pastor as a member of a local church. But that should be an, an instruction to you that if I can submit in my local church, all right, and follow that instruction to submit in my local church where you say submit yourself, submit yourself one to another, why can't I now submit to my own husband? Praise God. Praise God. The way a husband submits to his wife is that he loves his wife. Hallelujah. The way a wife submits to her husband is that she arranges herself under his authority. Amen. Now, you see, there is marriage according to your own sense, according to your own wisdom. Then there is marriage according to God. Praise God. Modernism cannot change God's plan. Because, you know, I've looked at many folks that will say, are you saying, um, no, now, uh, why are you telling me I'll submit to, to my husband? We are equal partners in this thing. We are equal in this marriage. We are equal. Well, fine. Um, if you are equal in the marriage, um, God will agree with you in as far as the head of that union says we are equal. <laughs> Remember that the pattern of marriage is church and Christ, then what? Man and what? And woman. So the question I want to ask the question is that in our union with Christ, who is the boss? Who is the head? Who is the head? <laughs> who can tell you, I want you to go there and you will go? Who? Who? Okay. Can the church tell Jesus that, you know, can you do that? Can you do that? In our relationship with Christ, who gives the instructions? Do you give him instructions? You pray, right? Pray it means that you have a desire and you are telling him. Is that not correct? But who gives the instruction? Yeah, no. Except the marriage is no longer as, you know. But in as much as marriage is a, uh, how will I put it? It's a typology, okay, of the relationship between Christ and the church. It means that how we know. How the marriage should run is by looking at how the relationship of Christ and the church does what? Runs. Are you following what I'm saying here? Are you following what I'm saying here? Very, very important. That's why as a woman, be careful of who is your head. There are good heads and there are bad heads. Praise God. May you not wear a bad head in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise God. And for men, be careful who is your body. There are good bodies and there are bad bodies. Amen. Glory to God. I heard some folks saying that they are sanctified body on Twitter. Amen. I just pray that their body is really sanctified. Hallelujah. Because if you go for a woman because of her beauty, beauty will fade. There's nothing wrong going for a woman for her beauty. But if it's beauty alone, you are in trouble. Amen. There needs to be soundness of character. All right. A love for God as a prerequisite before you go. All right. For the, the man you marry and the woman you marry. Let us round up with this. 
red flags. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, the Bible lets us know that if we find believers who have certain character traits, and after we've spoken to them and we've rebuked them, they do not repent, we should withdraw from them. Okay, can we look at the 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9 to 11? And we close here. Amen. Now look at what it says. It says 1 Corinthians 5, 9. It says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to do what? Not to company with what? Fornicators. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of what? The world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called what? A brother. Be a what? Fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one, no not to what? Eat. So that means he's talking about the guy says he's a Christian, but he does these things. Number one, who is a fornicator? This guy is sex led and sex, as, um, he says Christ. You meet him in church, his tongue is loud, but any small thing, sister, let's get down. Small thing, I'm at um, like a pine truck, we cannot have booked a room for me and you. Small thing, um, you, you understand? Everything always is, is, is fornicator. So you don't need to pray about God's will when a man is like that. Number two, covetousness. The guy is greedy for money. He can do anything for money, including using you for money ritual. You know why you should not marry a covetous man? Because one day you can be the reason why, you understand? <laughs> Glory to God. Greedy for money. Before I know EFCC we come, I remember there was this case of a man. Guy was, was using, he was a Yahoo Yahoo guy. Was getting money and mean. They would go to the club and spray dollars and everybody would be hailing them. Then he got married to this good Christian girl, you know. Good Christian girl, fine girl. God, because most of those bad guys, good Christian girls, they always come for. Came for this girl, he got married to her, and everybody was doing Thanksgiving. Then, after some time, the hands of the FBI caught the guy. They confiscated all the properties, all the money, and the good Christian girl was married to a convict who is still in jail today. Covetousness. Everybody say covetousness. When you see those things, what was the best attitude to money? Then number three, an idolater. He elevates, this person has something else he elevates above God. Is God this person's God, or does he have any other thing, like an idol he elevates above God? Number four, a railer. A railer there means somebody who is an abusive person. An abusive person. You've been dating this person and he has beaten you up three times. You said something. Before you know it, why? You have seen three stars. And while you are trying to come back to it, you say, how dare you talk to me like that? Praise God. If you're not going to say, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. Ah, your village people are doing you. You are supposed to run away from that kind of person. Praise the Lord. He's an abusive person. And being abusive is not just physical, it's also mental. Does this person use abusive words? Does this person always try to make you feel less? Worse! It, you know, when you spend time with this person, this person knows how to speak words that make you feel, you know, like a worthless piece of rag. That's an abusive person. 
Hallelujah. It's a red flag. Stay away from such folks. Drunkard does not have a control of his appetite. He's given to alcohol. You will love that person like a Christian brother from afar. Never mistake the people you should disciple with the people that you should what? You should marry. Don't, don't, don't confuse your disciple with your marriage partner. You, you, you will live to regret it. So, have that. Have that. And then, then, as I'm preaching now, it just came to my mind that you may say, ah, but Pastor, there are many. Ah, so, we, that means me, as a Christian, as a sister, I won't get married because most of the guys, they are like this now. It is better for you to be single than to marry an idiot. Amen? It's better for you to be single than to marry a prayer point. There are many prayer grounds that are filled with women because of the man they married. Oluwa, I've come again. Father Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for Baba Ronke. Yes, he has gone again after this thing. You now begin to find that they are binding strange woman. Strange woman is the person that their husband. Strange woman. Which strange woman? The man has a problem. He's a funny, you understand? He has a, it's not strange woman. Nobody is doing any kind of diabolical stuff on him. The guy is indisciplined. Amen. It's better to be single than to marry a prayer point. May you not marry a prayer point in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I said, may you not marry a prayer point in Jesus' name. And for the brothers, may you not marry somebody that you'll be wondering whether the, the child is your own. Amen. Ah. Amen. 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 Ah. So this rush, I must marry, I must marry. This time. Calm down. My biological clock is ticking. Who holds the clock? Who showed it to you? Calm down. Nothing's clicking anywhere. There's too much pressure, especially on women to marry. The pressure is too much. So because the pressure is too much, it's very hard for them to make the right choice. It's too much. We have made singleness look like a plague, like HIV. You understand? It's too much. So you now have very promising women who love the Lord, are very intelligent, got a good job. They are marrying idiots, managing the guy. So that they can say, I have all this in now, I have husband. <laughs> I have husband. I have husband. Or call me husband. <laughs> I was counseling with a, I was counseling with a couple. <laughs> and the man said, he said, ah, well, you know in these, in these days, it was with Shakara. He didn't want to, you know. He said, you know in these days, eh, some people, you know, he just know that, you know, I don't know, to come back to her, I mean, just to cover her shame, you know, because, you know, nobody will want to associate with a person that doesn't have a husband. I was counseling, but I wanted to slap him through the phone. <laughs> Amen. Don't, don't, listen, don't let African mindsets put you in a space and in a place where you go and say yes to a prayer point. Did you hear what I said? Huh. Don't, don't, don't let African mindset and the African culture to get you to a point where you are living your life for, I want to get married and have children, then go and put yourself into bondage. 
My prayer for you in the name of the Lord that God will lead you to the right person at the right time in the name of Jesus. And your eyes will be open to walk as you should walk in the name of Jesus. The wisdom of God goes with you and leads you even to the right place in the name of Jesus. You will not falter, you will not fail, and you will not make life-changing mistakes in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed? Have you been blessed? Alright, can we just lift our hands and just begin to thank God and bless his name. God is good. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for the wisdom that has been impacted. Oh, Father, we glorify your name. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to see. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to hear, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Come on, just go ahead and just thank him. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. We praise you. Father, goes for Holy Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for opening our eyes to see and opening our ears to hear. We thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to rise up on our feet. I'm going to pray just a few prayer points. Amen. I want you to talk to God. Now, those of us that are married, all right, you're going to be praying that the Lord gives you grace. Grace to navigate this marital journey you are in successfully. That's what I want you to pray. That God will give you grace to navigate this marital journey that you are in successfully. And those of you that are single, you now begin to declare that in the name of the Lord Jesus, you receive a godly home. Even right now, in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Come on, open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to really pray. Begin to really pray. Begin to really pray. Begin to pray, oh Lord, oh Lord, Mandola Cristalanini, oh Lord, I receive grace and wisdom to navigate, to navigate, oh in the name of the Lord Jesus, oh I receive grace in the name of Jesus to navigate this journey, to navigate this journey in the name of the Lord. Open your mouth and begin to pray, everybody. Open your mouth and begin to pray, 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 pray. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want us to pray and ask the Lord to help you walk in love towards people towards your spouse that the love of God inside you we find expression outside of you in the name of Jesus can we begin to pray just begin to pray that you'll be able to walk in love as you ought to open your mouth and pray open your mouth and pray I can't hear you praying 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 That God will help you walk in love, walk in patience, walk in long-suffering and understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Thank you, Lord. In 
Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, we're going to give now. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.